Hey, once again, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. So glad to have you join me today in our journey through the New Testament. And today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And now, if you remember, this is a chapter that is wrestling with um, a, a church, the church in Corinth, that has some major issues that need to be dealt with. It has some sin that needs to be handled. And, uh, and this is part of a back and forth correspondence. Paul has already received or already written to this church. They have, they have already um, sent him questions. He, he's responding to those. And in this, in chapter 5, we, we get to the spot where it's reported to Paul that there is, there is sexual sin within this church. There are, there are people that are doing grievous things, things that are not, um, that, that are not faithful Christianity. Now, we have to remember the baseline for faithful sexual practice is uh, one husband and one wife, a man and a woman, being married. And, and that's the only context that sexual activity should, should um, take place. Anything outside of that is it's missing God's standard. Anything outside of that is sin according to the scripture. And so that's what we find here is Paul is addressing sin within the church. And he is... Uh, he, he's dealing with it head on. You know, sometimes we, we don't want to deal with sin. Sometimes we want to sweep it under the rug and we want, to, we want to hide it. We want to ignore it. We want to just hope and pray it goes away. That's not how a church is meant to do it though. Follow along with me. Let's pick up in the text. I want to start in verse 9. Paul says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. He says, you shouldn't associate with them. He says, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters since then you would need to go out of this world. But I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. For what I, excuse me, for what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Now, this is really interesting because if you remember yesterday's video, Paul said, you know what? I don't care if anyone judges me and I don't even really judge myself. Well, what is the difference between that kind of judgment and this kind of judgment? The first kind, Paul's saying, people, they can judge me. I don't care. It doesn't matter whatsoever. Well, here, Paul is talking about people judging his ministry effectiveness or his ministry motives. Those are the things that we can't really even, we can't ultimately judge. No one can judge our ministry effectiveness. We might have zero impact from a human viewpoint, but God will call us successful. Then we've been successful. And someone might say, you know what, you're doing this out of selfish desire or you, you, you do this and this kind of ministry because of whatever evil intention you have, but they can't see your heart. Ultimately, God is the one that judges that. That's one kind, but, but here it's talking about a different kind. Big picture, Paul is saying two things. He's saying, first of all, listen, those who are sinful in our world, who are not Christians, Believers should, in fact, we should engage them, we should befriend them, we should spend time with them, we should look for ways to minister to them. All of that, we hope they come to a spot where they trust in Jesus and his death and resurrection. Paul is not saying that Christians need to be an isolated group of people who never spend time with those that do not agree with them. No, quite the opposite. In fact, the mission demands 
that we interact with those outside of Christ, that we love them, that we know them, that we're in their houses and they're in our houses for appropriate things, right? But but Jesus, he was a friend of sinners, but he wasn't like, hey, go be a sinner for all of your life. No, he, he called them to faith and repentance. That's the first thing. Understand the mission. Understand that Christians should not be expected to act like Christians. Do not be mad when, excuse me, Understand that non-Christians should not be expected to act like Christians. Understand they will not act like Christians. That's a, We need to understand that and engage them in their life. But here's the other side. Here's the second thing. Paul is saying that those who call themselves Christians and who live lives, lives in sin without repentance... Paul is saying that we are to judge them. We don't judge them by like crossing our arms and looking down at them and like, I hate you. No, no, we judge them. We say, you need to repent. We say the life you're living is not okay. It is not the right kind of lifestyle. It is not good. It is not matched with scripture. You are not living as a Christ follower. You say you believe this, but your words and your actions do not match. Paul is saying this is what we have to wade into. In fact, the situation in Corinth, Paul, he tells the church to take that man and set him outside of the church. Say he is no longer part of their church family until he repents. Now, the good news is this man seems to repent when we get to 2 Corinthians. He, he seems to have uh, repented and now is going to be welcomed back into the church. But but here's where we're at. I want, I want us to see the twofold ancient way for our modern day in this. First is believers. When we interact with those outside of Christ, expect that they don't live like Christ. Don't shun them, love them, and love them toward Jesus. Gently but boldly share the gospel with them. But then second full, the second item is those who call themselves Christians who are unwilling to repent, who are unwilling to believe what the Bible says about things in the script that are clear and to live how the Bible says we're supposed to live. Those believers, we need to deal with them. We need to lovingly call them to repentance. We, we, we shouldn't act like everything's fine, hunky-dory, and we just, hey, oh yeah, everything's great. We, we need to deal with it. Matthew 18 gives us our steps in how to deal with it. Jesus himself says this. He says, if, if there's sin, you go to them one-on-one. If they don't respond, you take witnesses. If they don't respond, you take it to the church. This is the biblical pattern of dealing with sin in the church. Is it easy? No. It's always hard. Is it painless? No. It's always painful. Is it worth it? Yeah. Because we're stewards. This is yesterday's video. We're stewards of the gospel and we are stewards of the church. We must be found faithful in the way we care for the church, the way we care for each other, even the, the brother or sister who is wayward and wandering in their sin. This is our ancient way for our modern day.